The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. about how we hear this story, I remembered the scene near the beginning of Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, when the angel Clarence is summoned and begins to learn about George Bailey, 
From the heavens above, he and Gabriel look down on earth. And at first, it's a little blurry. And then Clarence can see the town of Bedford Falls where the story takes place. Reflecting on the gospel tonight, we are zooming in from far above to pay closer attention to what is happening on the ground. In tonight's gospel, the very first person that Luke names is Emperor Caesar Augustus, immediately putting us in the Holy Roman Empire. And in any other story of the birth of a king, we'd expect to see a palace or a castle. But Luke just keeps moving. And next, he names the governor of Syria, which then was a Roman province. And at least with that, we have a little better sense of where this story takes place. It's a place that looks different from here. It's a place where people lived thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. But Luke doesn't stop there either. He keeps going on to Nazareth and then to Bethlehem, where Joseph and Mary have traveled. Those details may not seem important, but they are, because we are hearing the story of the Savior of the world. And at that time, that was the title that was given to Caesar Augustus. He was called the Savior. He was called the Son of God. So from its very beginning, the birth of Jesus turned the world as we know it on its head. It's also important to say that this isn't a story about Joseph and Mary traveling to be with family. It wasn't a vacation. If the governor ordered a census, it was required. They had to make this trip. Maybe Joseph couldn't pay for someone to stay with Mary. Maybe Mary didn't want to be left in Nazareth when she was heavy with child. We don't know. What we know is that when we meet them in the gospel, they have traveled a long way to an unfamiliar place. And now the time has come for the baby to be born. And then Luke tells us there is no room in the inn. Sometimes that's heard as though Joseph and Mary are left out on the street. Other times we hear the word manger and we recall the nativities we've seen and we imagine a cow stall and a wooden trough. The finer points of Palestinian sociology and archaeology aren't really the point tonight. Whatever their surroundings, it feels very cold and very lonely for Joseph and Mary. If it were not for the presence of this child, in whom so much has already been promised, in the words of the angel who visited Mary, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. 
writing about the birth of Jesus, Martin Luther said, there's nothing fearful or frightening about God coming to earth as a vulnerable infant. For the people who were hearing Luke's story, who only knew of the Roman Empire coming to them in power and prestige and in title and in position, here was God in a place where they could be with God. God who comes to us as a baby brings us comfort and consolation. In her poem, Amazing Peace, poet Maya Angelou wrote, hope spreads around the earth, brightening all things. This is the child whose birth we celebrate tonight. Presbyterian Ann Weems wrote in her poem, In Search of Kneeling Places, about being Bethlehem bound. All through Advent, we have been Bethlehem bound. And tonight, we find ourselves alongside Joseph and Mary, bearing witness to this wondrous miracle. In his Christmas sermons, Luther scolded Bethlehem for being inhospitable to the baby Jesus. And I'm afraid he didn't give the rest of us much credit either. He said that we would have been happy today to help the baby and wash his linen because we know Christ. But if we had been there in Bethlehem, we would have done no better. Weems is gentler, but her challenge is similar. She wrote, she wrote, in each heart lies a Bethlehem, an inn, where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. That is the question we hear tonight as we listen again to this very familiar Christmas story. Will we make room for Jesus? God has come and is offering us God's own Son who comes into this world to give us life eternal, to make us children of God just as he is. God makes space in our hearts to receive Christ with all the wonder and the mystery of the Incarnation. If anything has distracted us from Jesus before tonight, it's gone now. We are here this Christmas Eve to receive our King, our Savior, and Messiah. Will we make room? Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for coming to us as an infant, God enfleshed, without titles above us or power over us. We give thanks for the hopefulness, comfort, and consolation that the birth of Jesus brings to us and to the world. Help us make room in our hearts and lives that we may know your abundant love and grace. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.